Uh, welcome to Two Brothers Review. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley. Before we get into Itania, we wanted to share our favorite sports movie. I'll go first. Uh, my favorite sports movie is Glory Road. Uh, I don't know why I love that movie so much, but I remember watching it all the time about the Eastern Texas basketball team that was all black that won an NCAA championship against a Kentucky team that had Pat Riley on it. I haven't seen it. Sounds like a good story. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I, you know, it was, came out when I was a teenager. had an impact on me. And I think our family had the DVD, which uh, went a long way for me being able to see it multiple times. All right, cool. My favorite uh, sports movie is Hoosiers. I love that movie. I think we had it also growing up in our house, uh, and so I watched it a ton. And I just even just thinking about it right now and trying to remember a movie that I want to talk about for a sports movie, I got a little choked up thinking about Dennis Hopkins and how he's a drunk, but his friend still gives him a believes in him and gives him a chance. And ah, uh, such a good movie. Yeah, I think I did watch it when I was little, but. It's been a long time since I've uh, thought about or seen Hoosiers. But I know it's a no, it's a classic. Yeah, it's also got a great soundtrack. Oh, wait, Chariots of Fire. That's my favorite sports movie. I also love Hoosiers, That's but fine. Chariots Chariots of Fire is an amazing movie. Everyone knows that, and uh, I'm sorry I forgot it. I was reading this week about the guy who plays the main character in Chariots of Fire. They made it in in 80 or 79 or early 80s. I can't remember exactly what year. But then, and he was gay. And by the time he got AIDS in the 80s and then was asked to play, um, or got the chance to play Hamlet at the National Theater in London, which is the best theater there. The, he died like six weeks after the end of his run as Hamlet. And everyone says it was one of the best performances ever. Kind of an amazing story. Um, Do you like Chariots of Fire, Reed? I guess I I know the soundtrack, that very famous song, but I don't know if the story is that interesting. Or I guess I couldn't tell you what the story's about. I know it's runners in England. Oh. Do they go to the Olympics? Is that the end goal? It is, but one of them is a is very religious and won't run on Sundays, and it ends up being a lot of people or some people on the team think he shouldn't be allowed to go because he won't be able to run in a race in the Paris Olympics, and some people think he should and there's that's the controversy oh yeah i guess uh something something i would i don't know maybe need to revisit cool all right let's do this i tanya yeah let's get it i tanya um just talk about kind of how you felt about it overall coming out of the movie uh, was it what you expected were you surprised by performances no i wasn't surprised by performances i would say uh I would say that it had a kind of office-esque uh, snarkiness to it um, that for me, that was the, the strongest thing that I took away from it and the reason why I just didn't really like it. Having that sort of cutaway to kind of quippy um, documentary-style interviews, you're saying? Yeah. And like intercutting that with the story. Yeah, exactly. And, you know in a way that makes it so that you're telling instead of showing, which is also, I think, usually going to be something that I dislike strongly in a movie. Yeah, I, I mean, coming out of it, I was just, I was surprised by how they, you know, that documentary style, but also 
a lot of like kind of breaking the fourth wall, even when they were in the telling the story. You know, I think specifically of the time she was shooting the gun and then said, but I didn't really do this like to the audience. That kind of storytelling technique, I think, very, reminds me a lot of um, The Big Short uh, and just didn't, I don't know, maybe a way to kind of make the mood a little bit lighter when they're doing a lot of things about domestic violence. Um, but I just feel like the, the way that that violence was shot was just so kind of casually shown. Uh, it, it made it feel like it was really a part of her life. But then to have that much lighter comedic tone around it um, just seemed like a disconnect for me. Yeah, and I think it's also dangerous because I think the problem... I mean, it was interesting to read about Tanya Harding, the real Tanya Harding, after the movie. And um, the problem with her is she's become a punchline and a real joke. And the, I think the movie shows that um, that she had came from a really hard background. And so maybe we could be a little bit more understanding. But... I think that message, this more compassion and empathy towards this character in real life who's who had a hard life, is totally undermined by by the way that it was filmed and the comedic tone that's inserted into these very very hard things, very real things that happened to her. So I think um, it kind of reminded me of the disaster artist in a way in that it purports to be compassionate towards these real-life characters, but in fact we're all laughing at them. Yeah, it's like it's kind of playing her pain in the situation she was in for kind of comedic effect, which, uh, yeah, it just, that stuck out to me and was something that, uh, I didn't really like or enjoy about, about the movie. Well, let's talk about their um, kind of acting or performances in this movie. You know, we talk about them, kind of the main three characters, uh, Allison Janney, Margot Robbie, and Sebastian Stan. And I know people really liked the the mom in this movie, or think she did a good job. And uh, I guess she did play it very cold, but maybe it was the not just the acting, but how the person was that was I don't know, just uh, a put off for me. Where I, I just didn't, I couldn't, I didn't like any of the scenes with the mom. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously she's supposed to be not likable, and she's a horrible person. But yeah, I thought I thought that her acting was the best part of the film by far. So I really liked it. Just because you think she really kind of embodied that maleficentness. Yeah. Uh, although I would not have used that word in my head when I was thinking it, but that was good. That was good. Uh, yeah. She, and, and yeah, I just kind of, I was going to say there's kind of like a twinkle in her eye, which is maybe a little bit of a contradiction. I don't know, but just the, maybe self-awareness that she had when she was doing it or or maybe the kind of intentional lack of self-awareness i don't know i don't know how to describe it but just i thought it was super compelling like mesmerizing to watch her do that to be so dismissive to be so um harsh to be so contradictory yeah she would have had to have such i don't know kind of self-confidence to not care about what you know, the coach thought or other parents or, or just so self-involved. So self-involved. Yeah. Amazingly. I mean, she obviously portrayed that very well. I, I came across her so strongly in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I also thought Margot Robbie did a really good job looking. I think she's maybe much better looking and probably taller than, than Tanya Harding. 
Way taller and way better looking. Yeah. So I think it was just kind of interesting to see her sort of transition to embrace that role with, you know, the hairstyles. And I think they use the braces to also sort of convey that that look of the early, early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was okay, but not... I didn't think it was spectacular. I felt like it was... It felt too hammy to me. Well, I guess the thing I, I was also impressed with, however they shot the actual skating scenes when she was out on the ice to feel like it was so close to the action. And I know it wasn't her, but whatever kind of CGI technology is available now, you know, I thought it made it look really, really good. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I, you didn't think so? I was going to say the other worst part about this movie was the horrible spinning shots of Margot Robbie in the air. The cheesy CGI. Interesting. Maybe I have to watch it again. To Maybe I didn't see something. But I feel like you're like, I don't know, right behind her or right with her through the skating around or as it leads into that jump. I don't know. I just thought that was, I liked that part of the movie. Hmm. Cool. I thought the Sebastian Stan acting was, was interesting. It took me a while to be like, is the guy being interviewed in the documentary the same actor? Because he just had that that lower face goatee that uh, just totally transformed his face. <laughs> so you felt like he might have been the real person? No, I, I don't. I, and by the end, I realized it wasn't. But the first time I saw him, I was like, well, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, interesting. I thought, yeah, I thought he disappeared into the role. But I also don't know him as an actor. I think that made a difference, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably just about the story or the life, but I don't know if they really set up their time together before he was violent very well to where, you know, that first time they show him hit her, it was just so jarring for me. You know, and then just throughout the the scenes of violence, I think would be really hard to to film and have to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't experience that same jarringness, but yeah, I did think the the character development could have been better. And we talked a little bit about the the structure, but do you have other other feelings about I don't know, kind of the pacing or flow or style of the movie? Um, no. I mean, I guess just that what I already said. I, I didn't notice anything super obvious other than that. Okay. Uh, are there other kind of likes or dislikes you feel like we didn't cover? The character, the actor who plays the the bodyguard, I thought it was fun. I thought he was also, also very interesting to watch. Yeah, just kind of that confidence or, I don't know, maybe delusion is the better word where... Bravado. Uh, yeah, he just thought he could do things or knew how to do things. I always think if it's a biographical movie, you should show a comparison of the actor and the real person. And I liked at the end of this movie that they showed clips of these different uh, people, you know, doing these interviews that they were recreating for those intercut scenes. But it just felt like they showed the clip of, of the real person. And it's like, oh yeah, I get, you know, that, that's what that's what the actor was showing. I, yeah, I just thought it was uh, a good kind of comparison between the two mm-hmm. he was a good match I guess I also I don't know I liked that the movie uh, sort of starts to give you some emotional uh, kind of closure when the mom goes to see her after the incident and then rips it away with the recording and how you know how 
Tanya Harding just felt like, oh, this is this doesn't even like my mom at all, and then realizes that there's that that tape recorder, which is just so crushing. If that, I mean, to think that 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 happened, yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah, I thought that scene was very effective. Yeah, that was a very crushing scene. Very sad. Get your hopes up and um, then dash them. <laughs> yeah. Because you want, I don't know I mean, because you want the mom so badly to not be such a monster. I mean, it's the whole movie. You're just like, no, stop, no, what, please. Well, and I think if it was a, if it was just a, you know, a fictional narrative, there would be that arc or that change, right? There'd be that sort of redemption, and to not get that was, like, it's just yeah, unexpected for me. Yeah, I agree. So, do you think she knew or didn't know? I think she didn't know. Yeah, that's the that's the feeling I got from the movie as well. And I guess just sort of how I feel outside of it. She did not know. Yeah. I mean, she seems. it seems like she's been very involved in this movie. She went to, Tanya Harding went to the Golden Globes. Do you think she's trying to get that ban lifted? Or I guess what's sort of her motivation just to change her perception in the culture? Yeah, I think I think stop, stop her name from being a punchline. Well, it's interesting that, you know, also that was interesting at the end, the, the, her ex-husband changed his name. Yeah. Because I'm sure he, everyone would have known that name in the 90s. Yeah. Such a big story. Yeah, it was... I guess, do you remember it? I would have been pretty young. Yeah, it was a huge story. I totally remember it. Yep. I remember, I remember thinking, this is like a soap opera. What in the world is going on? This is, this is just ice skaters. The stakes are so low. Why are they, how, what, who, who in the world would hit someone else on their kneecap? I don't remember the skating. I, like I didn't remember the details of um, Tanya Harding not not winning medals, or I was I was kind of surprised. I I guess because she it, she was so famous, but she actually didn't end up ever winning an Olympic medal. Yeah, I think that's got to be kind of tough for her to feel like she was so good, but then not quite close enough. I don't know, stuff. Yeah. Did you Google anything when you went out? Finish the movie. Uh, I didn't coming out of this one. Did you have a I just tried to figure out what was going on with Tanya Harding now. I tried to figure out if she was, like, what she was doing, where she was working. I couldn't find much. I guess she's remarried and living in L.A. Uh, But while I was Googling that, it got me onto this track of finding out that Sufjan Stevens wrote a song about Tanya Harding. And he, I think he, my understanding is he sent it to the producers of the film hoping that they'd use it as the end credit song. And they sent him a message back saying it doesn't fit with the style of our movie. Sorry, but it's a oh no. But it's a beautiful song, and it's also so empathetic towards Tanya Harding. Oh man, I love that song. You have to check it out. Okay. Uh, well, I guess how do you feel ranking wise for this movie? Where would you put I Tanya? I'm torn between giving this a one and a two, but I'm going to give it a two. Uh, that's so low. <laughs> Uh, I think we've just realized I'm like a one grade above you type of person <laughs> on these on these rankings. Uh, I thought Aitani was a three for me. Yeah, I think there were enough kind of interesting, compelling pieces about it. And Aitanya, the number one movie of 2018 so far. So f- highest on our rankings. Com- highest co- so far. <laughs> highest combined score. Uh, only combined score, also, but that's not as important. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I hope we do some better ones. We'll see. Get some yes. get some fives in here. These are some rough months coming up. <laughs> really? I haven't looked. 
Ready Player One. Is that the next five? Ugh, I don't know. I'm excited for it. All right, well, let's let's finish up with a recommendation for something else you've been watching, reading. Well, I just started uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and I, I enjoyed that. I think it was a, a great character. I, I do a little comedy in New York City myself, so it's fun to see the clubs in the East Village and imagine what it was like so long ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Still the same? No, no alcohol in the bar, in the clubs. <laughs> yeah, still the same. Guys taking phone calls from Abraham Lincoln on stage. Oh, gosh. Rough joke. Uh, yeah. I thought that uh, that series was really, really great. And I thought she did such a good job in, in that role. Uh-huh. Uh, my recommendation is uh, The Post. The uh, Post? It just came out. We're going to do a podcast about The Post, aren't we? That's great. Uh, no spoilers here. I just think it might not be that big of a movie or people might not think they should go see the, it, but... It's a huge movie. <laughs> Isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, like, you know, the joke of the Golden Globes where they're like, did you hear the monologue at the beginning? Seth Meyers said something... Uh, I listened to it. I can't remember a joke about the post. He said something along the lines of, we already know the post is going to win all this, all the awards tonight, so we might as well just go home now. Oh. And that was super awkward. Uh, it did not. It did not win anything. Uh, if you haven't seen The Post, uh, you should go see it, and then you should listen to our episode about The Post. Which is coming soon. Yeah, post-haste. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> it's sad, it's okay. <laughs> we should have one pun joke every episode. Uh, I'll take that responsibility on. I'm ready. Okay, good. Uh, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been uh, Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Um, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Don't go hit anyone on the kneecap today. It's solid advice. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.